What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our social pages on Twitter and on Facebook for the latest updates. This week on Guest Friday, we're uh, happy to welcome back a returning guest, um, Eric Bellier, back to the podcast. And Eric recently um, has a new uh, broadcasting gig. He is doing play-by-play for the Tri-City Valley Cats of the Frontier League. They're an independent uh, minor league baseball team. Uh, Eric, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Uh, busy, excited to come on here and actually provide some content that's useful instead of just talking about Major League Baseball over the years. <laughs> but it's good, man. Everything's good. Busy, though. Baseball is a completely different animal than what I was than what I was doing. So, yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a it's definitely a sport that, uh, you know, it's a whole uh, an everyday type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And going from going from I mean, as you know, I was with the Thunderbirds and the AHL. And going from there to then going here, my boss there told me, he's like, dude, like you, we, we grind here. He's like, but it's, it's a completely different animal in baseball because of how long the season is and, and, and all that. And the crazy thing is we only play, I think 96 games compared to the 162, Mm -hmm. but still like we have a span coming up, um, we're on the road for a three game setup in Canada right now. And then when we come back, we play the first through the seventh of July straight through. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a grind and it's like, it's long hours, long days, but it's so fun. It's so fun. Absolutely. So um, just kind of for my own education and people listening, um, the frontier league is not, an affiliate of, or the, the Valley Cats aren't an affiliate of a major league baseball team at the moment. So yes and no. So we're not like a, we're not like a Worcester Red Sox per se, for an example. Um, We were, we, we joined the frontier league last year. Okay. The, uh, the, the cats were with um, the Houston Astros for a while. Um, Mark Appel made his debut there. Uh, Joe Musgrove, like you go down the list of guys. We actually just had our hundredth um, alumni make his major league debut. Wow. Um, and, but, but at the same time, the league is partnered with major league baseball in a sense okay. of where a major league, we're, we're, we're a partner league and there's multiple leagues, um, independent leagues that are partnered with major league baseball. And, and for example, Another independent league, it's it's called the Atlantic League, and that's where they were a couple of years ago. They were trying the Robo Umps, and they were trying the um, they're try they moved the bit they moved the mound back a foot. They they made the bases bigger. It, it, it's basically the Major League Baseball uses the leagues that we play in basically as our testing as, as their testing grounds for rules. So, for example, um we play the 10th inning with the runner on second, like they do in major league baseball. And then in the 11th inning, if we get that far, it's called uh, sudden death baseball. And what it is, is that both players meet or both managers meet at home. And then whoever's the home team decides if the, if the home team's going to field or hit. And if, 
the team in the field makes three outs out of run scoring, the fielding team wins. And if they score a run, the hitting team wins. Um, we actually have six walk-offs on the year, and one of them was on the road <laughs> as in the sudden death rule. So, like, they, Major League Baseball uses uses leagues like the Frontier League as, like, a testing ground type of thing. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. That is – wow, that's something I didn't even know. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, like it's – we haven't had it happen at home yet. Okay. Um, I don't want it to because I like winning. But at the same time, at the same time, I think it would be cool to be like, I've been there for that. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's – it'd be cool to see. Yeah. Um, so kind of just a basic, like, uh, question to, to start, I guess. How how's the season been going so far? What's uh, what's been the best part about it? So the season for the guys so far, we're 500 now. Um, we've made a big splash news wise in two ways. Um, one, as you know, we signed Kumar Rocker, the former. Um, I say uh, on the broadcast, and I mean it, and it's not me wearing a Valley Cats hat. No pun intended, because I have one on right now. Um, he's the most decorated collegiate pitcher over the last decade. Um, Obviously, as you know, things didn't work out with him when he got drafted um, with the Mets last year. And he was looking for a team to go to, um, to basically fine tune himself prior to the draft later in July. And we signed him. Basically every independent league team was in on him in our league, in the Atlantic league in the pioneer league out West. He's from Georgia. So he wanted to stay regionalized. Um, Pete and our manager was, was named a while ago, was named the best college baseball player of the century by the NCAA. And he's our manager. And the situation that, that Kumar's in that he's trying to, you know, work his way back to the big leagues, knowing that he will, um, once the draft comes up in a couple weeks, um, our manager had that situation when he was coaching out in Texas indie ball, when um, James Paxson did something similar, the guy who pitched for the Yankees, the Mariners, the whole nine. Um, so we've had Kumar. That's been incredible. Um, I've gotten to work with some of the Scott Boris people because he is a Boris client. Uh, that's pretty cool. And then we also made the news in not a bad way, but a way that any baseball team doesn't want to make the news. We lost to an 0-35 team. Um, the 16th team in the league this year is a barnstorming team, okay. which means they don't play any games at home. Right. They don't have a home field um, because the Frontier League merged with the Can-Am League, which is how we got a bunch of the Canadian teams and whatever. Um and this 16th team is the last team in our division. And they came in 0-34. The, we beat them the first game of the series on a walk-off. And then they came out and beat us 9-3 to on Saturday. But then we won the series and walloped them yesterday. So, I mean, it's been fun. It's been a grind, that's for sure. Long days, long nights. Um, being able to – I mean, you know me. Baseball is my passion. Baseball has been mm-hmm. something that – you know, as much as I, I mean, I'll never forget getting to call professional hockey as a 23 year old at the time. 
You know, like it was a dream come true. I love everybody at the Thunderbirds. I'd love to get back there once this season's over and call Springfield my home again. But like baseball is like my is my passion. I've eat, slept, breathed it since I was a kid and getting to do it for a living and being around people, you know, Pete and Gavilio played in the, in the, in the, in the big leagues for 12 years. He's our manager. Kumar rockers here. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's so cool. That is really cool. That is really, um, that's really awesome that that's, you know, happened getting, you know, one of the better, one of the, yeah, as you said, one of the best, most decorated players in college baseball. It's uh, it must be just really, really exciting for, you know, not only you, but like the whole organization and like the community. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and we, we've had, um, we're in the top five in, in attendance right now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the coolest thing is too, is like when he pitches, all the scouts come out and my seat is my, my, my broadcast booth is obviously right behind the plate. And, uh, you're looking down and all you see is radar guns. It's, it's like, right. it's incredible. And, and, and so I'm not going to say Kumar is above the, 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 above the competition level, but you know, we've had, we have some guys, like we have a guy out of the bullpen, Brack Warren, who played at Oregon and played in the giant system who throws 95, but like, you don't see anybody down here day in and day out throwing 98, 99. You mm. know what I mean? And getting to see that every day, every fifth day of the last month and a half has been incredible. Gotcha. Um, so one of the things I'm curious about, and, um, you know, when I was in high school and I was doing play-by-play broadcasting, uh, baseball was never a sport that I got into. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, just the, the length of games and trying to keep games interesting. So I'm curious yeah. about how are you able to keep broadcasts engaging over you know, long period of time. So usually for me, what I find myself doing pretty regularly is I'm utilizing, I'm utilizing the stories from the prior night. So I also have to do a 20 minute pregame show. Um, Okay. And, and basically what I do is like, for example, uh, going into the game that we actually lost, I, I run the post-game interview uh, media availability stuff. So I you, I cut my call from the game of uh, – I cut my call from the walk-off, played that, played the post-game media availability with the guy who hit it for like two and a half minutes. And just so you understand and kind of everybody else gets a grip of it, independent league baseball is such a revolving door you you never close your eyes before another move's made. Like we're 30 something games into the season now and we've made 50 something roster moves, you know, signing guys, losing wow. guys. We had a guy come in that we thought was going to play the outfield for us for a while, played one game. His contract was purchased by the Diamondbacks. So it's like, yeah. So, so guys are moving in and out. And then, so what I've been doing to keep the content, you know, flowing at a pretty normal rate is I've been, you know, interviewing a bunch of new guys. We had a little bit, we had a big, of a, we had a big roster turnover where we cut one of our catchers. We signed another one. We ended, I ended up doing a piece with him. We made a trade with a team in the league from Chicago. We got three more guys in. So like the, 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 the content side of it isn't all that hard. 
because it's such an evolving door and whatever's mm-hmm. going on. And you look for stories within the game. Like as the season's gone on, we have um, we have two guys in the top 10 in batting average right now. So like we're watching that. Um, we have the, the guy on our uh, – one of our players set the all-time home run record last year. So like we we for the for the organization which includes the time with the Astros, so like we keep yeah. adding we keep adding to it, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been good. It's been enjoyable. Um. So it's not necessarily hard to keep the stories going, uh, but you have to look for them. It's not just going to present itself. You know what I mean. And, like, that's the good thing about having a guy like Kumar. You know, we were talking about it. A guy like him has a 1.57 ERA. Mm. Guy that's been – who has 25 strikeouts to three walks. You know, so, like, those are the stories there that every fifth day that he's thrown, mm-hmm. he – you know, we can – build off that and things like that. So it's awesome. And like, for example, the thing with the Grays, they were 0-35 coming into Saturday night. There's a story right there. You know what I mean? It's like they, things present themselves and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, that's the way I keep it interesting mm-hmm. is I look for things. I come in with like, not like a prerequisite of things, but like, okay. you know, I have like things that I'm looking at and then things develop. You know what I mean? Like my biggest thing we've had, we've had everybody in our lineup five of the last six games reach base. So like, I've been like keeping tabs on that. You know what I mean? Like things like that. You look for things, but also things poke out in the middle of the season, in the middle of the game. Well, I think that's, that's really interesting that, you know, obviously, as you said, it's um, a type of league where like things can happen very quickly. And guys can be in and out, you know, very quickly. So, you know, obviously that probably does make for a good amount of content that you can go to every so often. Um, I'm also wondering. uh, Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, no, go ahead. Because I actually. So so the thing with us is, is like, as you know, they, the Manfred consolidated the minor league system. Mm -hmm. That's why we're no longer with the Astros. Um, we were in a league prior to this. We were like the low A level. So like we were with um, Salem. We were with the Red Sox. Or no, we were with Lowell. We were yeah. with the Spinners, right? right. So, so they kind of tried to regionalize everything basically. So mm-hmm. like all the Mets teams now are in New York. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Yankees are in northern Pennsylvania, northern Jersey in New York, outside of the, the low A teams that aren't going to get a call to the big leagues from there. So they're, they're down in Florida, you know how that is. And so that's how we, we joined the frontier league, but with the consolidation of the minor league teams being cut down, which in, which therefore makes roster um, make, making roster spots more coveted. We have guys that within the league too. And I'm not just saying this solely a part of the, on the Valley cats, like there are guys that we've seen that shouldn't be in this league. Like they should be playing an affiliated ball. They should be, you know, um, looking to progress through the minor leagues to end up getting the call of the major leagues. But with the roster sizes, the way they are in affiliated ball now partnered with 
the smaller amount of teams each organization has, we're reaping the benefit of it where we we're getting guys that I look at my boss and I say, how are they still here? You know, like we have that kid I was telling you about Brack Warren out of the bullpen. He was with the giants for a bit, but is here and he's throwing 95, 97 in the eighth inning, you know? So it's like, so it's like we, people look at independent ball. And I think there's a bit of a stigma there outside of other leagues besides the Atlantic league, which for a very long time was like the, the only frontier, the only independent league that people might've looked at and said, that's where a lot of former major leaguers go, which at the time was true. But mm. now the frontier league, I think is becoming the premier independent baseball league and mm. the, the baseball is such a high level that it's so awesome. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like we're sitting here watching like high school ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so one of the things I'm curious about as well um, you know, the two of us have, have known each other for a while. You know, we got Springfield for two years together. Um, yep. I'm curious about how like past experiences in working in sports media um, have helped you prepare for like what you're doing now. So the, the, the funny thing, and I'll get this part out of the way first, is that I called three baseball games at Springfield College in four years. Mm-hmm. I never called baseball. So I don't know why. Well, I do know why it was hard to get internet service at the ball field to get it back to the radio station. Yeah. Um, So, so I didn't really call baseball, but like my interview style, my ways to find storylines, my ways to connect with people. um, Mm. I credit my networking per se um, with, with, I credit my networking from what I learned at Springfield. And that's not like me looking to get a job. But like that's me being able to walk into the clubhouse each day where, you know, technically is where the guys are and they all ask me to hang out with them and sit there and, you know, shoot, the, shoot the breeze. Right. And um, my, my, my attention to detail, I credit with my time from, from school with Kyle and Marty and hmm. yeah, with Kyle and Marty, because baseball I've learned is the most nitpicky meticulous sport to work in, in a good way, you know, and, and being able to work, being able to get my hands on experience the way I did and able to fine tune my, my broadcasting abilities. Cause you know, I've been calling, I've been calling sporting events since my freshman year of college you know, I did the new Mac basketball tournament my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I did every game, yeah. you know, football games. I did a bowl game. I did lacrosse. You know, it, the the opportunities I was given at Springfield um, catapulted me into what I was doing with the Thunderbirds. And, mm-hmm. and there, I want to give all the credit in the world to Ryan Smith, who took a chance on a on a outspoken 23-year-old from long island who is a a little crazy at times and and kept kept his word so the so the backstory and i mentioned earlier i got the call pro hockey the backstory is is that my senior year i was interning um at the thunderbirds and we did a podcast right before we got sent home for covid and we knew the writing was on the wall you know we knew that the writing that that, that i was gonna have to go home and games were gonna get canceled and things and Ryan said, whenever we come back, 
because we all thought, you know, oh, this is going to be two weeks. Everything will be fine. It was like the swine flu or whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and they were all, and he said, whenever we come back, you can call the last two games of the regular season with me. So I remembered that. And I came back up here or I came back to Springfield for the 21, 22 season, let the season get underway. And you know, me, Garrett, I have a very good memory about things. I said, Hey, Hmm. promise me two games. And he's like, I'm a man of my word. And so I ended up doing eight games and I really learned, like, I'm not saying the broadcasts at school were, were, were not professional, but it's a completely different animal when you got sponsor reads, you got commercial breaks, you got, you know, whatever it may be. And I learned the ins and outs of a broadcast from, Ryan over at the Thunderbirds and how to tell a story within the game. Like we were just talking about it. Um, the guy is, is the best in the league. And, you know, I was saying how, how guys are in the frontier league that should be playing affiliated ball. I don't know how Ryan's still in the AHL. The guy's incredible. Um, he, he taught me how to look for the story within the story. So him, the guys at Springfield that gave me the opportunity to get to, to, to put a microphone in front of my face. Um, I learned so much from them broadcasting wise, but then also too, like I do so much with the team. Um, I'm writing the game notes. I'm, you know, filling out media requests, things like that, where every day it's something new. I'm dealing with everybody all the time. So it's, it's a lot, but I learned how to balance my life through Springfield and, and, through a COSJ because of the sport, because of the sports aspect of it, I learned how to balance what I have to do through them. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. Like one of the great things of going to um, a school like Springfield is you were um, able to get experience so early. And that was, you know, something that I even did when I was there that like freshman year, you know, they, they let you get involved right away. And I think that's one of the great things about Springfield that, you know, people think about like the big like broadcast schools, but like Springfield, I think they deserve a lot of credit for, you know, putting their students in a position to, you know, do things right away. You know, you think of, of communication schools in the Northeast and you hear mm-hmm. Syracuse is a big one with Newhouse. You hear QU, Quinnipiac, yep. um, you know, you go further out West, you hear, uh, you hear Northwestern, you hear Missouri, things like that. Sure. Springfield's like the little engine that could, man. Like they, like, like I graduated from COSJ with 20, I was one of 22 kids. Yeah. And we got kids, we got two guys right now on news channels in Vermont, on a news channel in Vermont. Mm-hmm. You got Nick Peronick, who's working, our buddy, who's now the uh, assistant SID at Nichols and Worcester. Yeah. You got me who's somehow allowed to be on a microphone every day. You know, you got writers, you got producers, Gabby Gerard, who was the, the editor in chief my senior year of the, of the Springfield student. She's a producer at uh, NBC. Chris Rim, who graduated after the year after me is with um, the daily news now after working for the Atlanta Falcons. So, or, or the New York times, I'm sorry. Um, so it's like every, this school is has every op- gives you every opportunity to, to succeed. 
I had a radio show, my first radio show, and I don't know why I remember this so vividly, was the day before the Mets-Giants wildcard game in 2016. Hmm. October 4th, 2016. And, and, you, and you know, because you did it for four years, and, yeah. and we did it for a while. Mm-hmm. That, that was my baby. And, and, and we got through that, I got my opportunities with the Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. And then with, through that, I ended up here. So it's like the way they present the opportunity for you to not fail or fall on your face, that's not the right term, but it's like to learn on the fly, I guess, is what I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. And, and it's, yeah. I, I'm forever indebted to that place, that small little campus on Alden yeah. Street. But yeah, yeah. I love it. They, I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I would also say, likewise, learning on the fly, you know, when I was writing for Irish Sports Daily, I was definitely learning on the fly, too, when I was doing that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely credit that place for a lot of, you know, kind of career-wise and, you know, where I am now. So, And you and I made some pretty cool friends. Yeah, yeah, one or two. Um, So kind of getting back into um, where you're doing right now, um, what does typical preparation look like for you um, for, for any given game? So we're a two man, uh, we're a two man. Um, how, do, how do I say this? We're a two man uh, department. I couldn't think of the word department. I don't know okay. why. Um, me and my boss, Jacob, and it's a stretch thin is not the wrong term is the wrong term, but we wear many hats per se, you know, mm-hmm. we, I come in, so like yesterday it was a five o'clock game. I came in at one. Um, and what I ended up doing, so I come in and I I run the game notes. So we like you've you've covered games, like you know, the package you get, like the storylines, the schedule, stats, things like that. I gotta put that together prior to each game. It's a template, so it's not hard, it's just tedious. Um, and then I'm looking to do the get the lineups out. Um get the starting pitchers. Cause it's like, I have to, I find out the starting pitchers the day of, you know, kind of unless, unless we send, we communicate with the other team and we send each other the probables and stuff. Um, we communicate that I'm, I'm recording stuff pregame. I'm doing, I'm writing lineups on the board outside on the ball, on the concourse, you know, updating the standings board. I'm doing everything you could think of. Um, all while prepping for a broadcast. So, so it's a lot, it's a lot of juggling. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the broadcast is actually when I relax, hmm. you know what I mean? Where like, I can just like sit in my chair, score the game, watch the game, yeah. call the game and, and, hmm. and, and relax it's. And then post game, I do the post game media availability uh, I return, I, I, I go back to the booth and write like a press release type of thing, a game recap press release that I actually, you'll laugh at this, Belanger wanted me to put him on the email list. So he's, he gets all my writing every every home game now. And then, um, and then I release that. And then once I finish that, I stay after and I start working on the, the game notes for the next day. I don't leave till midnight, one in the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's cool. It's cool in a sense. Cause you know, I, baseball, I'm romantic with baseball. It's, it's cool in a sense to, you know, 
walk out of the ballpark with one light on through the bullpen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's cool. It's long days, but it's, it's, it's rewarding. You know, I love it. I'm not complaining. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's a day for me. And then whatever else I got to do, if, if a guy's doing, if a certain organization or a print wants to do a, a feature story on somebody, I got to coordinate that with the player and the, and, mm-hmm. and the you know, and, and the reporter, things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, basically everything we learned in four years. <laughs> yeah. um, so this next question, it's kind of like a two-part question, but okay. um, are there are there things that you try to Im- that you're trying to improve upon during your broadcasts? And then is there anything that's like really challenging about doing TV broadcasting? So I'll do the TV broadcasting first. We have a deal. Are you familiar with Flow Sports? I think so. Yeah, I so believe Flow so. Sports is a streaming service that a lot of colleges use. Um, we partnered with them this year, mm-hmm. and the good thing is is that my boss produces the broadcast, so I don't do any on camera. Okay. So everything I'm doing is it's basically a simulcast in a way. Okay. Um, for the radio and audio, we use Mixler for the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so the TV stuff isn't really that hard. You know, I'm not doing a stand up or anything well, like that. Fun. Yeah. And then, um, I study what I do the day before. So like, okay. so for example, I have a list of words that uh, something else Ryan taught me, like he had a list, we had a list of words. So like we, for, I'll use the hockey one as an example. It was like a big, like chart. And, okay. and like we had the word save and then underneath it, it was like waffle boarded, kicked away, pad sit, like padded, things like that. I try to avoid using the same terminology over and over again. Sure. Um, or I'll look to twist it. So like, for example, we had a guy, this series playing against us. Who was a who was a uh, who was drafted by the Yankees a bunch of years back, and so like I'll figure out I'll reference it in the pregame show, or yeah. reference it when I'm reading the uh, reading the lineups pregame, or and then and then I'll mention it once during the game. I don't want to hammer it home. You know what I mean? I learned that my first baseball broadcast when I did the Ducks with Hofstra last year. Mm. Lee Mazzilli, who was a former Met and Yankee, his son was on the team. I said his dad's name probably 30 times. And like, you know, I try to avoid things like that. Like we have the same thing. We have the same thing now where our starting second baseman, his, his dad was a, was a Pittsburgh pirate for 12 years and was an all-star Brantley Bell's dad's J Bell. And, you know, I look to, I look to not reference those things all the time. You know what I mean? And, like, usually I'll look to, like, another example. There's a guy who pitched against us a couple weeks ago who, for some reason, in this game, I don't know why, there's a ridiculous amount of former San Francisco Giants prospects. Like, we have five of them ourselves. The other team had four. So, like, I was referencing that, but, like, in different ways. So, like, I was doing research of, like, when – uh, one of our pitchers could have been on the same team as him or when they could have pitched against each other. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
I, I look to, to build upon what I've said and not beat it and use it over and over and over again. Like for example, yesterday, um, our third baseman set the single season hit record last year. I referenced it for the first time yesterday. Hmm. Like I just kept things in my back pocket. Right. Where I look to not just bombard the broadcast with repetitiveness. Cause then that's how you lose, you know, that's how you lose uh, listeners and you lose uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Interest, interest. You know, they don't want to hear the same thing day in and day out. Right. You know, um, so looking at this kind of more, a little broader, um, what, what advice would you give someone that's interested in doing sports broadcasting? For me is step out of your comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. Marty Dobrow likes to tell a story um, and he wrote it somewhere and it might be even on Facebook or in an email or something, mm-hmm. but I have it that I came into Springfield destined to think I was going to write or that I was going to be, that I was going to be the next uh, Mike Francesa. Like my, my dad did radio. I, all I wanted to do is be on a, be on a microphone, like really bad. And, and from there, and I, and of course I wanted to call games. That was part of the territory and things like that. Um, And from there I started writing and, you know, for the last five years, I've been writing for different websites, different, you know, things like that. Mm. I I fell in love with that. And I fell in love with shooting video and photography and things like that. Yeah. Things that I never thought in a million years I'd want to do is why yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so having the opportunity, I mean, taking a risk on yourself and knowing that, Hey, it's okay to screw up every once in a while. You know what I mean? stepping out of your comfort zone and not being afraid to fail is why I've been given the opportunities I have. Um, that's my biggest advice and practice. And, and what I mean by practice is I was doing a sound check yesterday because we check the audio equipment every day before we go on and whatever. So what did I do? The Mets were playing at 12. I called an inning of the Met, Met Marlin game, watching it on my phone, testing mm. the audio. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I would sit in front of my TV and call games. Uh, people thought I were, I was crazy, but I would call games and, and, and don't, my biggest piece of advice is don't think you're not creative because mm. I artistically, I can't draw a straight line. I can't, I have two left feet. I can't dance. I can't do anything. But being in front of the microphone and, and doing that every day, it's a creative process where you think of, hey, how can I say, you know, obviously everybody has a home run call. You know, everybody has their own unique thing. But how can I say that was an 89 mile an hour fastball differently than I just did? Mm-hmm. How can I say a ball was hit softly to third base differently than saying a ball was at least hit softly to third base? You know, like you find yourself thinking on the fly and realize by doing that, you're creative. So don't ever think you're not, don't be able to fail, step out of your comfort zone and don't think you're not creative. Those are my big three things. Mm. I think that's great. I think that's like, that is like almost exactly what, what I what I would say too. 
um, you know, stepping out of comfort zones. I mean, that's, I came into Springfield, you know, thinking that I just wanted to do, you know, play by play. And here I am years later, you know, doing a podcast. I never thought I'd be doing that. You know, I right. never thought I'd be, you know, writing for the, the Irish sports daily, you know, writing was not anything that I ever was interested. Right. So, and I have a saying, I have a saying to something else. And if you text Kyle Belanger and say, Hey, Eric wanted me to tell you that he does things a little differently. I do things a little differently. Everything I do is unique. Yeah. You know, I used to take an approach. I take approach to things. I take an approach to life that I don't want to be the same as Jerry down the road. You know what I mean? Find ways to stick out. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. You know, don't go running on the field with no clothes on. Don't do that. But like find ways, find yeah. ways to make yourself noticeable <laughs> by doing things that nobody else is doing. Right. You know, like this pregame show might be run of the mill to people, but like I'm talking to people about their college days, who they emulated growing up. I have a, I'm going to do an interview soon and we just traded for a guy from one of the teams in the league out near Chicago. And I, I become buddies with the, with their broadcaster he's a switch hitter and I found out who he models his approach after. So like, mm-hmm. I've been doing a deep dive on like, what are his similarities? So, so J- the guy's name is Jace Mercer. What is Jace's similarities to Ozzy Albies who he watches? <clears throat> you know what I mean? Look to, you can never do enough research and you can never do things one way. There's no cookie cutter way to this business at all. Absolutely. Nobody got to where they are. Look at Doc Emmerich. I love Doc Emmerich. Look, and, and you know me. I'm not the biggest uh, Jack guy. I'm not at all. Yeah, Jack. But, 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 he's, so, but he's so unique mm-hmm. and, and does things in a certain way mm-hmm. that even people that can't stand them are talking about. Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. being able to do things like that, there's no one way to do things in this business yeah. at all. Yeah, I think I think that's a definitely a great piece of advice. I think when you think about all like the big time broadcasters from, you know, Brendan Burke or, you know, uh, whoever doing play by play on the NHL or NHL on TNT or, you know, Mike Breen doing NBA broadcasting on ESPN. All these guys have their own kind of unique way about them. And that's the thing, like. When I did my one grad year at Hofstra before I went back to the Thunderbirds, you know, our radio station is the primary is, is the radio station that the Islanders are on. Mm-hmm. WRHU is the Islanders is the Islanders radio network. So we were producing games where they were b- before they were able to like travel and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like the broadcasters I'm saying, I'm saying, so like they would do the away games from our studio. So you'd get to hear their tendencies and what they'd say and things like that. And listen, Chris King, their color guy, and Brandon Burke are two of the best in the business mm-hmm. by far. And you know me, I'm not an Islander guy at yeah, all. Um, so, so being able to take tendencies from that guy and like, you know me, I love the Mets broadcasters, the radio guys, the TV guys. I take things from them. Mm-hmm. Michael K, you know, 
uh, Don Orsillo. I listen to anybody and everybody. I, w- I was watching college World Series softball games at 2 in the morning a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. just like listening to what they have to say. The game is one thing, and the way the game plays out is one thing, but nobody's talking. They're not going to be able to give you the – the game itself won't give you the emotion that the person on the microphone is able to vocally describe. You know what I mean? So you 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 find different ways to build off of everybody rips off everybody in this business. Yeah. I know it sounds terrible, but like every everybody rips rips each other rips each other off. You yeah. know, I was doing I was doing Michael K's home run call before I thought of mine. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like everybody rips everybody off, everybody mm-hmm. off. But yeah. be open minded and and step out of your comfort zone for sure. Absolutely. Um... Well, thanks, Eric. This is a great uh, conversation. Great to talk to you about the new um, broadcast gig. You know, I love when you share the 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 clips of yourself. Uh, you know, calling highlights. I got a kick out of the walk off call you had maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we have fun. We, you know, I've gotten lucky because five of the six walk offs have been home, mm-hmm. so I've been able to I've been able to call all of them now. So it's been awesome. But yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Um, I'll come on and shoot the breeze about. Major League Baseball as well. People think I don't have any time. I'm just on top of it as I was. So I'm I'm still paying attention to it. My Mets are going strong. So it's been good, man. But I appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you can you can follow you follow Eric on Twitter and, uh, you know, pay attention to any of those clips that uh, come out. You know, hopefully they're all positive. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah. uh, yeah. Eric underscore belly 821 is the Twitter. Um, anything that I get mentioned on, I'll retweet. I didn't send it to you and I'll, uh, but I will, I will now Vanderbilt has me on their Instagram and socials now. Cause they were cutting oh. more highlights. Yeah. Sure. That I it got sent to me and I was actually home back mm. on the Island and I looked and my boss sends it to me. I was like, Oh cool. Vanderbilt posted a video of us. He goes, no, click it. And I clicked it and it was me. And I was like, no way. That's really crazy. Wow. But it's awesome, man. But I'm, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone can uh, catch the podcast uh, next week. Always listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, yeah, follow the socials. So we'll talk to you. Talk to you soon.